How do I find a new job? How can I make a career change? And the biggest question of all, can I really find a career that I love? Hey, my name is Jen Smith, and I believe career success doesn't have to be at the expense of living a radiantly happy and healthy lifestyle. As a former HR leader and recruiter turned career coach, I get what companies are looking for when hiring top talent. What that means for you is an unmatched combination of insider knowledge and the best kept secrets about making heart-based career changes and navigating the ups and downs of job searching in today's world of work. Whether you're a recent graduate navigating the job market for the first time or a seasoned professional ready for a career change, this show is for you. So grab your coffee or your kombucha, pull up a seat and get ready to be challenged and inspired to move beyond your self-doubt and take the right next steps towards landing a career you love. Because you deserve a long, radiantly happy and healthy career. This is the Flourish Careers Podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Flourish Careers Podcast. I'm Jen Smith, your host, and today I am thrilled to be here for another installment of Flourishing Together, a monthly segment dedicated to curated conversations with industry insiders sharing wisdom and strategies for improving your work and well-being. Today, I am delighted to introduce you to Lisa Driscoll, who is here with us to share her insights and experiences as a working mom. This is a topic I know so many folks struggle with, and I personally am not equipped to speak to, so I am thrilled to have Lisa here with us today. Lisa lives in Lancaster, New York with her husband, Kevin, and has two children, Brandon and Julia. Brandon is 23 and has started his career as an accountant at KPMG in Virginia. Julia is 21 and a Kent State University senior majoring in fashion, merchandising, and media. Lisa is the Director of Employee Relations for Post Process Technologies, which is a startup, and she joined as the second employee, and Post Process is now 56 employees strong, which is such a cool experience. Lisa coaches leaders within Post Process to help evaluate their leadership skills, She's also a certified coach through the Coach Training Alliance and has her own coaching business, helping working moms find great success while prioritizing their families. Prior to joining Post Process, Lisa had a 20-year career at Ingram Micro as a sales manager, which is where I met Lisa. And fun fact, I did the math before this call, and Lisa and I have been in contact as colleagues for almost 15 years, which is so much fun. And it was during that time that Lisa became a mom and she worked as a job share, which allowed her to have a rewarding career and be the mom that she wanted to be. So we're going to talk more about this today. I think job sharing is such a creative and supportive solution for working parents. And I would love for more organizations to consider offering this. So Lisa, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me, Jen. So before we get into your story about job shares and being a working mom, I would love to hear about your path to human resources. So you spent the majority of your career as a sales manager 
And now you work in HR as an employee relations director, which is quite a change. And I think a lot of people tend to fall into HR. So I'd love to hear a little bit more about your path into HR. Yeah, it was a little different, I guess, like you said. Um, I I mean, I started working really young, at a young age at my parents' 7-Eleven, and then worked at Ingram Micro. Um, before that, I was at a small company, Elite Marketing Supplies. So definitely entrepreneurial spirit, for sure, in my path. And so Ingram Micro was um, a lot of fun, very challenging, promoted quickly throughout sales and into the management role. And I knew early on that I wanted to be a sales manager because I um, was finishing up my MBA while working in sales. And then I really loved like coaching and mentoring um, my sales team. And um, I was able to see hundreds of sales reps promote and expand their career paths. Um, some even changed their career path throughout leading the team, the teams throughout Ingram Micro. And um, it really allowed me to be to coach others to be the best versions of themselves and succeed. So Ingram had a lot of really great training, leadership training and HR training, as you know, working with you. So it was when I joined a startup as a second employee, you know, I was really just doing anything we needed in the business side of things. But as we grew and I knew we needed to hire, um, I was interviewing, hiring, onboarding everybody, and then coaching, training. And as the company grew, it really made sense that they needed HR. And with all of my training at Ingram Micro and my coaching experience, I felt like it was a natural progression for me to go into that role. So I proposed an HR role at the company. And, um, and since then, I've learned a ton of what you need to know in HR. And my soft skills were always there, though, to be successful. And I've gone and got my HR certification and my coaching certification to really equip me with the skills that I need to help the company. Yes, I, I love this story because you're really highlighting your transferable skills. So as a manager, you're coaching and supporting others to bring their best to work. And then you're taking that and using that into your role as human resources and being part of this leadership team to grow this organization. And a lot of times with heart-based career planning, that's kind of what we talk about is taking the things that you love that you're really good at and doing more of them. And it's really neat how you were able to bring that into this new organization, see a gap with what they were, what they needed and what they were looking for, and then be, be able to bring that forward. So congratulations. That's an exciting move. Thanks. And I, I love being a sales manager. It's very challenging. Um, but it also was really neat to be able to change careers later on, you know, in my life. And I'm not sure if I could have done HR for my entire career because it is taxing, but um, I'm invigorated and I, I love it now. So, yes, that's such a great point, too, because a lot of times we do like things get stale and they get boring. And I talk to a lot of folks that get bored out with their career. And making a change, whether that's an industry or a role change, can really reinvigorate things, you know, and just give you a different outlook on your day-to-day, -day, which is really, that can be exciting, especially later in your career. So now let's kind of switch gears here a little bit to being a mother. So being a mother is a significant role. 
So talk to us a little bit about how your experience as a mom has shaped some of these career decisions and professional goals. Yeah, so I've always wanted to be a mom. Um, It was very important to me. It was a goal of mine (laughs) by 30 (laughs) to be a mom. Um, So I was blessed in that way. Um, But also being successful at work is very important to me. When I'm at work, I'm intently focused and hardworking. So um, I guess what I'm trying to say, it's hard for me to separate the two. Like if I have a project at work, I just focus until I get it done. Like I'll work just 24-7 to get it done. So um, that wasn't always a good mix for being a mom. (laughs) Um, So and I loved, like I said, being a sales manager. And when I was pregnant with Brandon, I actually was asked to promote into a sales director role. And the sales manager role was a very intense, like 60 hours a week job. And the director role would have been the same, but 80% travel. So it wasn't really the kind of life I wanted to have as a mom. So I had to make a decision. You know, I really dreamed of having a balance, um, a challenging, rewarding career and being a present mom. Um, and how could I make that happen? So I proposed, that's when I proposed a sales manager job chair. I was able to team with an excellent manager. Shout out to Gina. Um, And our team really benefited from having two leadership perspectives um, and to draw from both of our experiences. And I was able to work a challenging career and be home two days a week with my son and then two years later with my daughter, Julia. This creative solution is so fabulous. And especially as a manager, you made a really great point around having two different perspectives as a leader. You know, so imagine your team and being able to have two different perspectives and learn and grow from two different, you know, leaders. I think that's really exciting. And the other thing that I would mention here is I talk a lot about almost redefining or defining success based on a particular season of career. So the fact that you turn down, you know, a big travel job to be home or to be have a flexible schedule with your littles when they were little and be present for them, I think is huge. And and knowing that that's not forever. So that's a particular season of career and your definition of success during that season might look a little bit different, but that's okay. And knowing that your priority is to be home with the littles for right now, you know, so that might be an interesting perspective too, just for, for folks to share. Does that resonate with you, Lisa? Yeah, so I loved your podcast and what success means to you. That really did resonate with me. It was excellent. Thank you for that. Um, but I remember when I was asked to promote, um, HR had to ask me three times if I really wanted to step away and say no. And I really never regretted it because of what you just said. I mean, I needed to make a choice and um, I was able to have the best of both worlds with what I chose. So it worked really well for me and I had to figure out what content was for me and what made me happy. Um, And that was it at the time. Yeah, and I can imagine that was difficult, especially if HR is asking three times <laughs> if you know if you want to turn that down. So I can imagine the difficulty of saying no to that, especially as an achiever. You know, you want to achieve and be good at both, and it's hard to say no sometimes. And I think that's a really big step is to say no and draw that line and say this is my priority for right now. And those opportunities, 
you know, you're still you. Those opportunities will come back around when the time is right. And so that's a that's a big move. So congratulations on kind of sticking sticking to it. Um, let's talk about that job share for a quick second. Can you explain to listeners what that is and what that looked like? Oh, sure. So we um, created a schedule where, and based on what worked best for both of us, basically we worked, I worked Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. She worked Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And then Wednesday, we would come together, overlap face-to-face. Um, we would use our Franklin planner um, as what we would, our task list and what we needed to accomplish. And we would each share one planner. So it would seamlessly move from one person to the next. We would never drop the ball on anything, always follow up on everything. Um, we also had a document, a job share document, where we typed every single thing we did and said to our team so that. It, it took a lot of extra work, but it was worth it. Um, before I would come into work, um, I would read that document and I would be completely up to speed of what she did for the week and where I needed to take it from the next steps. So we didn't want our team to feel like they had to duplicate like conversations and you know tell us, this is what I told Gina. Now you need to know this. So it really did, it worked well. Um, and two heads are better than one. So we, you know, collaborated on projects. If she was working and I was home, she would call me with questions and vice versa. So it was, um, yeah, it just worked well, for sure. We, I mean, we had a proposal we put together for to get the um, job share approved. It definitely took a while. It took like six months because it was a unique situation. Not many people in the company did that. For sure. Um, we also, you know, we're paid for the hours we worked. We didn't take health benefits. So it was a little bit cheaper for the company as well. Yeah. I, I like how you're pointing out both the pro, you know, pros for you as the participant and pros for the organization. So that might help folks if they're listening and want to propose something like this. That might be, you know, when you put yourself in your employer's shoes to try to present something like this, thinking of the pros and cons for both parties, I think is a really good way to, to think about it. And it sounds to me like just what you're describing here, that communication and probably over-communication is really the key to what made this successful. You know, both written documentation, having that overlap on Wednesdays and just making sure that your team members, you're, they're not put in a situation where they have to communicate multiple times to multiple people. So it sounds like that is a really big piece to make this successful. Does that sound right? Yes, you have to be highly organized. If you're not organized, you wouldn't be able to do this. Or, right. you know, a good communicator and match really well with your partner. Exactly. Um, yeah. And be willing to work extra, as I said, like updating yourself on what was happening when you weren't there, but also coming in for key meetings um, for the company. You both have to be there. Or you know that. So although we seem, we definitely work more than say the 20 hours, which would be half of, you know, full time. We definitely work more, but we had the flexibility to be able to be with our kids and switch days, whatever we needed to do, you know. But together, yes. we worked that out. We didn't burden the company with that. Um, we worked that out, the schedule and who was going to be present. There was always someone there. When, you know, she was on vacation, I worked full time um, and vice versa. So it really did work well both ways. And that's part of the proposal, like like you said, like saying how it's going to work for the company and for us, but 
mostly to put the company at ease that it will be a situation that will work out. The job will get done. They, you know, they were paying to intelligent, highly educated women um, to work, paying them part time, but they're really getting like two full timers. I think, in, in my mind, you know? Yeah, because your head is in it all the time. You know, even though you're home physically, your head is still in it and you're there and available, you know, if and when you need to be. And that's probably part of it, you know, having the right people. So if someone's thinking about doing this, making sure the partner that you're going to partner with is going to be the right person that is willing to go the extra mile and, you know, put in the time and effort that it's going to take to make it successful in order to be home when you're home with 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 the little. So, right. do you have any other tips or strategies that helped you effectively manage both roles? So you shared some like competencies around organization and communication. What else would be helpful for somebody that might be thinking about doing this? Yeah, I mean, I mentioned the Franklin Planner. Um, I took that training, like I said, Ingram Micro offered excellent training, leadership training. Um, That was part of the seven habits of highly effective people by Stephen Covey. It was prioritized daily task lists, and just that was key, as I mentioned, for sure. But it just like I learned early on and it stuck with me as a key tool. I've always taught my salespeople too that worked with me. Um, the key to being a really good salesperson is always following up and not dropping the ball. So that being organized, the planner helped me to do that, follow up on, you know, closed sales um, and just be offering a great service to our customers, internal or external customers. So I still use the Franklin Planner to this day. And some people laugh at me, but it it works. Like I, I never dropped the ball. And it's really up to you what your tool of organization is. You know, it could be an online tool. I know you've mentioned a, a great tool in your um, podcast. It's important for sure. Other strategies and tips. If I have something that needs to be done at... I just meant, wanted to mention like it, if there's a deadline, I would never stop until it was done. So having the job share, I could step back two days a week and um, be just a mom and know that the job would get done. Nothing would drop there. And then I also made a plan at home um, with my children. Like that helped, like taking them on adventures or just playing at home, you know, being present with them for them. That helped not think about work. You know, we have something going on at home. So we're going to do this today. Um, I also like wrote down like memorable moments with them, like fun things that happened or funny things they said. There was a cool, (laughs) something that happened with Brandon when he was in his high chair. I had like a salad that I, in a plastic container and put the um, salad dressing on and shook it up like in front of him, like, Kind of to be funny, but also to get the dressing all over my salad. And it like burst open. It was all over him. (laughs) And we were both laughing so hard. But it's just like stuff like that. Like he still remembers the salad incident to this day. (laughs) That is adorable. (laughs) It's so important to remember those things. I love that you're documenting them too. My sister-in-law, I remember her telling me that she had this little blog, you know, to remember when when my nieces were little and in fun moments like that. And just like you said, being present for that and being able to laugh and have that memory is so important. And when you're rush, 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 work, work, work or not home, you miss out on that, you know? And so I just love that you're, you know, the the opportunity to, to be flexible and to be present for those moments and then to savor those moments. So you're not just 
being home and going through the motions, you're savoring those and you're remembering them and you're documenting them, which as a mom is so important. And it's going to, like you said, Brandon still remembers. It's it's something that, you know, is going to be be there forever. So it's so fun to have that. And I love that you mentioned going on adventures and, you know, separating the work from the being the mom and, and, and being present in each of those moments is so critical. And talk to me a little bit about, so when you think about just kind of like work-life harmony, I'm not even going to use the word balance because I don't, there is really no balance between this. It's more about this like harmony. I think of like a circle and just, you know, feeling good as a mom and then feeling good as a career and and a professional. Any ideas around maintaining that harmony that you would want to share with folks? Well, I mentioned finding your, what makes you happy and content. Maintaining that harmony is carving out time for yourself. It's hard because when you're, a mom of young kids, your time is either work or with the kids. But it's finding things that make you happy. For me, it's like yoga. I definitely have to go to the gym at least three times a week, reading a good book or, you know, talking to other moms and just taking time for yourself, really. And continuing to check on that, like that changes over the years, like what makes you content. Find what works for you. and make sure that you carve out some time for yourself, for sure. Nourish to flourish. <laughs> so I can imagine that when, you know, being a mom and, and, and all, like you said, all your time is dedicated to your kids and you really have to, I guess, step back and say, okay, what do I need in order to be the best mom and to order to be the best colleague at work when I'm at work and when I'm home with my kids. And so knowing what that is for you, whether that's yoga, whether that's reading, whether that's getting outside, whatever that is. And I, you know, me and my five minutes to flourish, even if it is just a couple minutes, it can make a really big difference. And so just recognizing what that is for yourself and making sure that you're carving out that time. And one other positive about continuing to work, even if it was part-time, I continued my training, leadership training and um, my career you know, I still had a career. So I never walked away from that. And that put me in a good position when I was ready to go back full time as well. Yeah, that's a great point. I didn't even think about that. So staying on, you know, quote unquote, 20 hours a week, you know, while the littles are little, and then as they as they grow, and you're able to spend and dedicate more time, you don't, you don't really have to reinvent yourself. So you kind of stayed in it and then you go back into it full-time when you're ready. So well, do you mind sharing just a little bit about that transition going back to full-time? Yeah, well, I know throughout my career at Ingram, I did go back full-time at a time when, well, Gina went back full-time. So I needed to go back full-time. Um, so I did that and it wasn't, it worked for a couple of years. It wasn't still, I was you know, not reaching my contentment because Julia was still young. I really wanted, my goal was to work part-time until they were in high school. Um, So that was a little earlier than I wanted. So I did work full-time. I had a support system, my mom, my mother-in-law, my husband, of course. And then I proposed another job share with Jackie. So shout out to Jackie and did, did it for another few years. And then I went full-time when I worked for post-process. So how was the transition? It's difficult at first. But then again, I job-shared with Kelly at post-process a couple of years later. 
they were completely open to it and it worked really well. Then when I was part-time there, they just needed me full-time. It was just, I was working full-time and getting paid part-time. So I went back full-time and it was the right time. And I'm, I'm happy full-time. Yeah, that's you know, a good point. I just point. have to know yeah, I what think that's, the timing is. Yeah, that's a good point too. Uh, like a watch out, I guess, for folks that p- potentially propose this is being careful of not getting paid for part-time hours, but working full-time hours. And if that does happen, noticing it and either scaling back on your hours or, you know, making the decision to go, you know, go back full-time. So, um, and I know too, I wanted to mention, you know, you mentioned uh, Gina and Jackie. And I know when I was working at Ingram, I worked with another uh, group of women that were doing a job share. So I think you really paved the way. So thank you, Lisa and Gina and Jackie for really opening the door and paving the way for for others to be able to participate in this. It definitely wasn't something that was widespread, but it did work. And I think that that's, um, it's pretty awesome to be able to, to be a pioneer for, for something like that. So speaking of like workplace policies and initiatives, any other thoughts around ideas that are particularly beneficial for working parents? Sure. Um, so we all know FMLA protects your job while you're on maternity or paternity leave. But New York has paid family leave and they have the nation's strongest and most comprehensive paid family leave um, to bond with a newly born or adopted or fostered ch- child. Job protection, continued health insurance, and um, any protection from discrimination or retaliation. And you may be eligible up for up to 12 weeks of paid family leave at 67% of your pay. And that's in New York. And there's only six states right now that have paid family leave. California, New Jersey, New York. I mentioned Massachusetts, Rhode Island, and Washington. So that's, that's a huge benefit for sure. The newest law is the pregnancy accommodation policy to... Um, you know, we must, as employers, provide reasonable accommodation to pregnant women. But other things at companies are flex time. Obviously, we talked about the job share. There's part time. And nowadays, where people are working from home, you know, I don't know if it's helpful or easier for parents um, if they're working full time from home. But being there when, when your children get on the bus and get home is great. But I'm not sure how that works for them. Yeah, it's probably different for everybody, uh, depending on their situation. But I think the flexibility, you know, I always say one glimmer of hope that came from our pandemic days is the flexibility and more and more organizations allowing for for people to flex their hours and be home for pickup and drop off and, and even just take a break for those times, I think is huge. I also saw something recently. This is super recent. It either was last year or even this year where they're offering online tutoring for students. So like or like if you are working for a company, you get a benefit for your kids through online tutoring and things like that. So I thought that was really interesting too because it can be stressful if you're not home to help with homework or, or whatever it is just to have someone else supporting your kids through a benefit through work. I thought that was a really creative and interesting one. So um, yeah, and then I know some organizations even offer on-site child support, which can be great if you are uh, have to be on-site and maybe your kid could get dropped off at work where you are finishing up for the last couple hours of the day. That would be really innovative and exciting too. It's so funny, Lisa. You know, I work with with folks that struggle with this and even my friends and stuff. And I always thought about, wouldn't it be amazing if 
work and school started and stopped at the same time. Yes, I know. I mean, why doesn't it? (laughs) Why does every school district, every organization, like everyone's all over the place, but just, it would just make things so much more simple. I feel like if we could all start and stop at the same time, but I know that's a utopia world that, you know, that I'm thinking of, but I feel like that would just make things a lot easier for folks to, to have family and, and careers at the same time. So. True. Maybe because work hours are too long, but I like that idea about having childcare at the work site. Yeah. I think that I, I know there's organizations, especially here in Buffalo, I've heard of a couple of them that, that offer that just to make it a little bit easier. So now I've heard from clients that juggling work and family can sometimes lead to this feeling of guilt and missing out. And I know you had mentioned capturing these important moments and just being really diligent about that. But how do you, how would you help folks manage like the emotion of managing through this stage of career? Yeah, that's definitely a tough one. Um, Again, you have to find what's right for you. You know, the job share afforded me the great balance that I had. I valued both working hard and advancing my career and being the mom I wanted to be. Um, And since I valued both and worked extremely hard at both while I was at work at home, I had less guilt. Working hard and having a successful career taught my children the importance of being an excellent employee, um, how to be independent and successful themselves, so leading by example. So I did not miss the important moments, and I, I really didn't feel guilty. Which is good. I mean, that's good for you to be able to set it up like that. Do you have any advice for somebody that does feel that? Like, could you put yourself in, in their shoes and help them with something like that? Well, I guess if you're feeling guilty, then maybe you need to look at what your situation is and see what other options are or talk to other working parents and see what options are out there for that could work for you and your your job or your, your employer um, or talk to your leader or HR to see, you know, what some creative ideas are that could work better for, for both your work and home life. Yes, I think it's noticing it, noticing that you're having that struggle or that feeling, and then thinking of those creative solutions. I love that you mentioned seeking support. So, you know, as a former HR person, I would be delighted to help somebody think of some creative ways and some creative solutions to help them manage. When you think about from the employer perspective, it's hard to find good talent. Like you don't want your people leaving or feeling down because they can't get to their kid's soccer game or whatever it is. And so, I would be delighted to have a conversation with somebody about that and try to figure out what works for them. So I'm so glad you mentioned that. I also thought about, you know, we have all these employee resource groups. I thought about like a working parent employee resource group might be interesting for an organization to put together. I don't know if there's anything like that out there currently or if anyone would be interested in it, but it might be a good idea to get some like-minded people together and maybe come up with some solutions and even just talking to each other and seeking that support internally could be really helpful too. Very true. All right, Lisa. So as we wrap up, I love asking folks around their flourishing favorites. And I know you had mentioned uh, the Covey Planner. Do you have any other books or podcasts or tools that have been helpful for you in your career? So when I, yes, I love books. Um, As you know, John, we're both avid readers. Yes. I was racking my brain because I knew you were going to ask me this question. And I, and what kept standing out for me was this book, Stillness is the Key Ooh. by Ryan Holiday. 
And I mentioned I'm high achiever, work extremely hard. It's hard for me to really relax. That book really spelled out like trying to find stillness in your life and finding contentment, like what contentment means to you and what it feels like to you. So after all these years, I remembered it and I found it in my bookshelf. Um, And then I opened it up and there were all these highlighted pages. And I'm like, oh my gosh, Um, which one should I quote here? But here I could quote one from the book. It says, accomplishment, money, fame, respect. Piles and piles of them will never make a person feel content. Um, Enough comes from inside. It comes from seeing what you already have, what you've always had. If a person could do that, they're richer than any billionaire, more powerful than any sovereign. Ooh, I have goosebumps as you read that. It is. It's about enough and what is enough for you and understanding what that is and then managing your life and your career to to meet that enoughness. It's not always chasing, chasing, chasing and more, 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 which is a lot of what society kind of trains us and ingrains in us to do. So Lisa, I am going to check out that book ASAP. It sounds like a great addition. So thank you so much for sharing that. And thank you so much for sharing your story and these creative ideas. It is an inspiration on so many fronts. So I really appreciate you being open and willing to to share with our listeners. Well, thank you for having me. I love your podcast and I hope I can help others. Absolutely. Speaking of which... To those of you who are working moms and are listening and would like additional support, Lisa is generously offering free sample coaching sessions. So I'm going to add her email right into the show notes. And then her website is careercoachformoms.com. And I highly recommend reaching out to her for support. And we'll make sure we put all of her contact information in the show notes. So that's a wrap for today. As always, you can find the detailed show notes on the blog at flourish.careers slash blog. I'll talk to you next time. 